How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Conti and Nick. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. <laughs> the first time they go offense, they take Jordan Love? They take Jordan Love! Listen, Matisse Thibel will lock up... Matisse <laughs> CP3. Oh my god. Chris Paul. Oh my god. Chris Paul, baby. Oh. Right, Will? Nope, I totally disagree. Like, look. <laughs> welcome back to Conti and Nick. Nicholson, as always, I have with me Gino Conti, and uh, we're on what number 59? We're doing 59. Oh, that's crazy. One hundred fifty-nine. One episodes just keep getting bigger, Conti. They do. They do. And always, as every episode happens, just a number tends to increase. I know. Well, let's see how that works. I know. The more you know, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> Charging the vehicle operators to use the heated seats. I did not on a subscription service of eighteen dollars per month. BMW, the car company, is going to make that a subscription service where you have to pay more than a special one hundred eighty dollars per year or eighteen a month to use the heated seats. I, I did not see that. No, that's ridiculous. What? <laughs> is, okay, is that true? I Also, maybe on the move as well. They're just rumors, but 
the Jazz have said, said that they are willing to do it if the price is right and if need be. Um, personally, I think it is a mistake. I don't believe that it should happen. I don't think Utah was, is in need of a complete blow-up. But we'll let's hear your reaction first. No, I was on the same boat as you. I remember we uh, we talked about a couple of episodes ago, like, yeah, Utah can just build through the draft here. And, you know, like we said, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to wait. But we like teams that are homegrown. We both made that clear. And they succeed better. It's just historically in the NBA, besides, you know, the Super Team Warriors, that's pretty much how it works. Yeah, sure. A few exceptions where it's, okay, superstar, like, out of this world talent goes to this team. But, uh, no, so the rumors, you know, started to spread. And then Donovan Mitchell came out and said he's not requesting a trade. So he would stay here. And then a couple of days ago, we kind of get the Woj bomb that he's not requesting a trade, but the Jazz are open to listening to offers, which it's, it's strange a little bit because is Donovan asking for a trade or does Utah know he's going to leave eventually in free agency? Because I don't believe he, he got an extension yet, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't think so. We can get fact-checked on that. But it, it, it's confusing, right? It's, it's a little weird to see. And I'm not going to get into the, the Brian uh, with Thorst. And why is that? <laughs> Well, in half court set defensively. Uh, 
to not be illegal. Sure. Almost the illegal. Sure. But anyway, so back to kind of Donovan Mitchell. So one thing we'll get for Donovan Mitchell is going to be, listen, think, think about this one. Everyone looks at Rudy Gobert and what they got for him. Donovan Mitchell, and this is going to be sound weird at first, but stay with me, it's worse than Kevin Durant. Imagine what you'll be able to get for Donovan Mitchell. You know, if Rudy Gobert was for four first, Lee Beasley with first round pick, and Patrick Beverly, then what will you be able to get for Donovan Mitchell? And then what will you be able to get for Kevin Durant? Because we don't know how, it's not a, a huge, huge amount, but KD is simply sizably better than Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's a special player. In my opinion, like, it's between, if you want, do you count Luka as a point guard? Yeah. Okay, so in my opinion, it's between Puck and D-Mitch for the best shooting guard in the league. And it's like with Jimmy Butler. Really? Are you counting as more of a three? Well, I count him as more of a three, to be honest with you. But I think it really, truly, like, you can really argue. And I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if you said Booker. I wouldn't mind if you said D-Mitch as to who the best shooting guard is in the league. So if you get a pre- like, what's the premium you'll get for him? You know, what is the premium? Sure. So the market's super high right now. Exactly. So like you said, I didn't even think about it like that, where, you know, Rudy Gobert is going for this much. Is, how much is Donovan Mitchell going to go for? And how much is Kevin Durant going to go for? Yeah. Because, like, look, it's, there's levels to this, right? So it's like Kevin Durant. But, you know, Donovan Mitchell is not that far. He's, you know, one of, like you said, the best shooting guard in the league. Well, Kevin Durant's a five-star player. I think Donovan Mitchell is, like, a four-and-a-half-star. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that's right. And then Rudy Gobert, I'd say, is about a three, yeah, three and a half Three and three quarters or four. Yeah. Player. But, but anyways, anyway, so I'm a little perplexed and I'm a little confused because in my opinion, and I'll use the same argument with I did with Brooklyn, what are you going to get back for Donovan Mitchell that's better than Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. In my opinion, like I haven't really put that, that much thought into who exactly they could trade for, but you get all those assets, in my opinion, you need to package that and you need to get somebody big. Like a, like a big all-star. I'm not saying like a big man, maybe a big man, but uh, like a big asset, like an all-star player. And you and I both sat there last week and we both agreed that if we asked Donovan Mitchell to wait for a rebuild through the draft and to get homegrown talent, that's asking a little bit too much out of him. You know, that's kind of asking him to, I wouldn't say waste away his prime per se, but really take years out of his prime, lives, uh, years in his career where he could be yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, in my opinion, if you can get what you can get for Rudy Gobert, and you do that every day of the week and you do it twice on Sundays, but it almost makes me question why they did it if they're going to make Donovan Mitchell wait and they build through the draft. Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree. It's weird. I, like I said, it's weird what's going on, and I don't think Donovan Mitchell gets traded. Honestly, I think this is just Danny kind of testing the market to, to see. I don't think Donovan Mitchell gets traded. You know, like he, you said, he's one of the best shooting guards in the league. He's a young talent. And right now, they are wasting away some of his prime years right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I agree with you completely. Why would you hit the reset button? And I, I say this all the time. People always say, like, oh, you know, we need to rebuild. We need to do this. We need to do that. It's so hard to have a good team in the modern NBA. It's so hard. Everything has to go right. Your player needs to like the situation. So to just hit the reset button is it's weird. Donovan very much liked Utah. It seemed he liked the, the culture that they had. He really liked Quinn Snyder when he was a coach there. He was a big fan of him. And now he's no longer there, which was also just weird. So I'm a little confused on what's going on in Utah as a whole. And I, I don't agree with them hitting the reset button because it's so hard 
to have a good team in the NBA. The Celtics just made the finals for this, the first time since 2008. Think about the teams we've had before that, or 2010, sorry. Uh, think about the teams that we had before that. It was, you know, these Evan Turner teams and, you know, these teams that just weren't good. Yeah, IT. That was IT Bradley, Marcus Morris, Jay Crowder, Amir Johnson. Go through Think about the reset that we had to do to be competitive again. And I'm not counting those Isaiah Thomas teams because they weren't going to win a championship. It was just the reality of it. So, all right, you're the Celtics in, like, 2013, something like that. You're like, okay, hit the reset button. Right, we reset everything, and then you, you got all these nets back. Yeah, but we haven't really had a shot to win a championship since this year. Think of 2013 to 2020. Uh, okay, sure. The bubble won't be made it to the conference. I'll, I'll, I'll give you 2020. Sure. But think about that. That's a seven-year period just from hitting the the reset button with two Hall of Famers. A lot of those teams weren't that good, and I. I'll argue the bubble. I don't think it was that year. I think no matter what, either team was going to lose to the Lakers that year. They wanted LeBron to win. It was a whole thing. Everyone wanted LeBron to win. But, you know, this is just the, the thing where you hit the reset button where, you know, it's it's a long process. It's not like the NFL. In the NFL, I feel like it's very easy to be competitive for a long period of time. I, I feel like it's harder for players to get out of situations in the NFL. So, like, the Patriots, it's becoming increasingly more easy. It, it is becoming more easy, but still very, you know, relevant in that it's harder for players to get out of contracts in the NFL. So, like, you look at the Patriots, dominant for a decade, have one bad year, we got our new quarterback, we got our system back together, you know, playoff appearance. So we didn't do much with it, but still, it's easier. In the NBA, it's a rookie. Uh, yeah, exactly. In, in the NBA, think about how hard it's been for, like, the Pistons to be competitive since their championship year. It's a hard thing to do, so to kind of wrap this all back in, I don't know what Utah's doing. I think it's, it's bad for you just hit the eject button. Yeah, and, and you know, so a lot of people, because it is Danny Ainge, are kind of drawing comparisons to 2013 when they got rid of Pierce Barnett, all, you know, and, and they think about it. And you kind of have to say to yourself, how can you really compare the two scenarios? They're not, yes, in terms of, yes, blowing it up and starting a new, but it's not similar at all. That, exactly, that falls under the same category. Donovan Mitchell is in his physical prime. He's a, you know, he's, in my opinion, he is a fantastic, he, I guess, arguably the best shooting guard in the league. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to look up what ESPN has for trades right now, because I don't even know what people are talking about. Yeah, so, yeah, so go ahead. So, I, I, how do you kind of compare this situation to the 2013 Celtics? You have to understand that, I mean, we saw that Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett in Brooklyn, when they also had Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, and Brooke Lopez, they had one second-round appearance left in. That was it. And they barely beat Toronto because Paul Pierce had a game or a series-winning block. But that was it. And they didn't really make that much noise of it. So, and you got, and again, Donovan Mitchell is a superstar who some may argue he is in his prime, but some may argue he's not entering his prime, or he hasn't even entered his true, true prime yet. So, and that, that's, that's kind of what my, where my confusion with this lies. How do you understand, like, how do you kind of compare the two? You really and truly can't. And why do you look at Donovan Mitchell as a man that you need to kind of unload? In my opinion, if I'm Utah, take every single asset that you got from Rudy Gobert and make sure they do not play a single game for you this year. Obviously, maybe if you want to keep a couple first round picks, sure. But how do you not use those pieces, use those chips as a piece to get another all-star guy in? You know, in, in my opinion, there it is. I think that if you were going to do 
time ago, as opposed to straight up Rudy Gobert for AD, not straight up, but obviously yeah. MVP. And I thought that was a real thing. Yeah, I thought it would be great where you could get Anthony Davis, who needs to start proving himself, so his trade value would be low, and then Rudy Gobert, who had a bad playoffs. LeBron into bigs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they have had success with similar guys like Dwight Howard and Jeff Allen McGee. So an amplified version of that, you know, who knows how that would go. But in my opinion, like, you need to get another all-star player the team up with Donovan Mitchell. I don't think this team was in need of a complete blow-up. They were in need of retooling. And if they get rid of Donovan Mitchell, yeah, in my opinion, you kind of drop the ball. Because I, I, I really don't think that this team was in desperate need of a blow-up. Nobody was saying here that Utah, you know, was spinning their wheels or whatever. Well, they were, but what I'm saying is they, they weren't saying, oh, this team needs to be completely disloyal. You know, this is, in my opinion, this is kind of similar to something that is like me when, when I said we should trade Jason Tatum, right? Yeah. And, and I was wrong for it, and here I am looking at it from another, from a Celtics fan to a Utah fan perspective, and now I, now I see it. Yeah, now, now, now I kind of see it, and I think it would be a mistake. Sure. So let, let me throw, and I agree with you 100%, but we're in the reality now where teams are looking at trades for Donovan Mitchell. So at this point, if you're Utah and you are going to trade him, Let's see what the, the best package is at this point. So, from what I'm, I'm reading, the Knicks have the best deal to offer uh, out of anyone. And it would include uh, four first-round picks mm-hmm. uh, and something like Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, and Quentin Grimes. So, that's that's from New York. And Donovan has links to New York. His dad grew up in like, Connecticut or something. You, you, you see, that's just so confusing because, again, we all can agree that Donovan Mitchell is miles ahead better than Rudy Gobert, and I'd argue that package is worse than the Rudy Gobert one. Yeah, so, you know, like, Emmanuel Quickly's good. Like, he's a good young guard who has some problems, but who were the other two players that you listed? Uh, it was Emmanuel Quickly, yeah. uh, Quentin Grimes, and Obi Toppin. Like, Obi Toppin's, like, okay for a young player. Yeah, he's had to really develop and break out. Yeah. You know, literally when that guy was drafted, his highlight film was just dunking. It wasn't him being a basketball player, it was him dunking in basketball. And his athleticism. All right, so, so the, the other player, or the other team we got in here, that's the most likely one just because the four first-rounders, and we know that Danny loves those. So, yeah. Uh, the other one that is here is uh, Miami, which, you know, is everyone talks about Miami when a, when a trade goes like this. Um, it's saying that it would have to be something like Bam out of bio, um, but it would be tough because they both still have their, you know, rookie extensions that would have to be dealt. So it could be like a sign-and-trade, something like that. Uh, and then Miami would have to pull something ridiculous off. Like, would have to go into, like, 2026, 2027. For first They would have to dig really deep into their bag to, to get something like that. Uh, it would have to be something with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Euro as well. Miami would have to give up a lot, and honestly, I don't think it makes it better to, to do that. But that is the price to get done. Especially if you're also giving up Bam. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's going to be tough. The thing is, you have to go and get, like, Thomas Bryant off, like, the free agency well, market. Bryant, Bryant, Bryant signed with the Sure. I, would, I love Brandon Ingram. Who, I mean, who else can you think of? I mean, I, I mean, so I, 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 
interesting one. So the, the first two, you can argue those are in the realm of possibility, right? Especially the New York one, that's a very real possibility. Miami, okay, it could happen, but would it really? Who knows? This is when it starts to get a little, uh, you know. Interesting. Interesting. Or ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. Okay. So the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not kidding, this is a real trade that people are throwing out there, is that they flip something along the lines of Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, couple of other players, they get back a ton of picks and draft capital, and then they send what they got in exchange for Donovan Mitchell, and they bring Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes, it's just not. So that one's very out of the realm of possibility. Just to, you know, indulge in the fever dream. What would a team of Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant look like? And it, would that be enough for them to stay? Even though I've had enough talking about Kevin Durant on this show, but really, what, what, I mean, their trio is ridiculous, right? Yeah, but so isn't them with James Harden, and they didn't win. So, so all right, fair so enough. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm definitely going to tell you to say about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, so, it, it, it kind of the, the Raptors are in here, too. It's not going to happen. Oh, they're nice. Good for Harden, please. Oh, no, because they would have to give up uh, Scotty Barnes. Oh, nope, they're all Yeah, you can do it. Sense of 
in my look, I wasn't very high on Paulo Bancaro when I first saw him get drafted by the Magic first overall. I was like, this seems too safe of a pick for the Orlando Magic. What are they doing? You could have gotten guys like Jamari Smith. You could have gotten like Chet Holmgren, who was my you know prediction for first overall. And I was like, he's a safe pick. Oh, he's from Duke. He's got a good frame. You know, whatever. It felt like very much of a Cam Reddish pick to me. That's what he reminded me of. Uh, and you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in on it. Something around the Duke. But I didn't see. It, and then I saw him play in summer league, and I was like, oh, I get it. Defensively, he looks like he's going to be really good. He has the tools. He had a lot of very big, important blocks in those summer league games, and he was just the best player on the floor every single time. From the games that I have the really big games he had, he scored efficiently at a 17, you know, uh, he had a 17 point per game, not point per game, just point game, sorry, uh, scoring performance. And then he had a 23 point game, and he had the game winning assist. Uh, kid looks good. Kid looks really, really good. And if I'm the Orlando Magic, seen enough. Don't get hurt playing summer league. He's going to start for the team. He's going to play. At this point, it's why, why would you play him anymore? You know what you have. The summer league was for him to get reps. Oh, he can play at the NBA level. He's the best player with all these G League guys. Yeah. Play it. Oh, yeah. Who else had a good summer league? Who? Anthony Bennett. Sure. Okay. Anthony Bennett had a really good summer league when he was when he was as rookie. Year. Sure. But this is, this is different. Jakari has a very, very good frame, right? He's got a good frame. He looks athletic. He's gonna, you know what he's going to be now. Can we have the NBA? I do. So, three games, we know. All right. I think I got a pretty good idea. Three games. Okay, listen, you know what he's going, you don't necessarily know what he's going to be. Sorry, you know what he's going to be like. You have a 6'6 forward, very athletic, plays great defense, has a smooth jump shot. What happens when he goes up against Giannis? Yeah, but he's a three. No, well, yeah, he is a three, but yeah. Giannis, Giannis can guard one through five. Sure. Well, yeah, no one can guard Giannis, obviously. But yeah, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying what, what happens when Paulo has the ball and Giannis is across. So I'm Paulo and you're Giannis. Okay. What's Paulo going to do? Is he going to do what he's doing against these summer league guys? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? You know what his game looks like. That's the thing. No, one, no rookie is ever going to be prepared to play like in the NBA immediately. It's not going to happen. But at this point... You, you, why do you risk him getting hurt? He's gonna have, he's gonna have a chance to win Rookie of the Year. You know, he just he finished up college. He went through all the stuff in the draft. He's played in summer league. I mean, let the kid rest at this point. Rest? Yes. He hasn't even played five games. Sure, but you what know, you know he's, 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 he's gone through like the draft combo. A lot of stuff has happened, right? It's been a lot of work. Look, I know, and I understand this is something that rubs Kanti the wrong way. I get it. You're the magic. Why would you risk him getting hurt at this point? You know he's going to start for you. You know he's going to have a shot at rookie of the year because nobody is above. No, in a yeah, I agree with you. This is not you. Okay, let me clarify. This is not a Paulo thing because he is going to be really. Can we admit he's he's going to win rookie of the year? No, I think he's going to win rookie. I can't admit that. Okay, he hasn't played a single game in the NBA. Sure, but if you were to pick someone for rookie of the year, would you pick Paulo? I don't know. Okay, I, I, I really I really don't know. To me, it's a toss-up. It's going to be too high on Jabari Smith. To me, it's between him, Jabari, Benedict Mathurin, and Jaden Ivey. Okay, those are respectable. Yeah, yeah those, those are the four that I kind of just uh, give a broad, you know, but that's the top four. Oh, wait, yeah. you don't have Chad in there, huh? I don't. All right. But anyways, because, you know, it, it, you know, maybe he should learn to eat a steak once in a while. Leave the ball alone. Leave the ball alone. Anyways, anyways, so... Again, like, and I'll say the first third time, this isn't a Paulo thing. He 
he's doing what the team is instructing him to do. But if you're the Orlando Magic, you're telling me that you have seen three games, three or four games, whatever it may be, less than a percentage of that, 84 divided by, it's an 82 divided by three or four, whatever it may be. You have seen less games than fingers on a hand of this player. And you are, just because he does well against a lower level of competition, guys who are more than likely going to be in the G League for their entire career. Not necessarily. As long as you win, make the roster. With the, so with the exception of some second-year players. I will call him to team, by the way. So you're going to face no more than G Leaguers, like high-level G Leaguers, slash end-of-the-bench guys, but with the exception of second-year players and guys who got drafted in the same class as you. That's really it. You're not facing guys like Giannis. You're not facing guys like Jimmy Butler. You're not naming guys who he's going to see four times a year. You're not facing guys like, sorry, on Crap, who am I thinking Central of? Central Division. No, um, Jason Tatum. You're not facing Jalen Brown. You're not facing all these guys. You're not going to face James Harden, who obviously isn't a good defender, but he's a superstar. Okay, you're not going to face, if Kevin Durant stays, you're not going to face Kevin Durant. You're not going to face, you're going to laugh, Julius Randle. You're not going to face DeJounte Murray. You know, you're not going to, Trey Young, you're not going to face these guys in summer league. These are all guys who, again, are either a little bit better than him right now or at his level right now in terms of just G League. I see where you're coming from, but why would you, what is, is the more summer games he plays, is that going to prepare him for, you know, Giannis? Is it going to prepare him for James Harden, Jason Tatum? Are those summer league games going to prepare him for that moment? NBA, NBA experience. You want to end up playing. All right, listen, but the, the summer league is still NBA experience, right? Yes. Those are still NBA caliber. Nothing is going to prepare him for that moment except that moment in playing, right? But if, why would you even risk him, you know, playing in summer league at this point? Because it's, it's, because it's ridiculous. Like, they, the whole part about it is ridiculous. Because they want to evaluate other talent. Dude, you can you can evaluate other talent by putting him on by putting them on the floor. But Paulo can also play. You know, Paulo's going to make the team, though. Yes, so you, you, know, you know he's going to start for you. And honestly, probably going to be one of the best players on the team in his rookie year. And I'm not I'm not arguing his talent. Okay, I'm not. Like, I mean, it's, it's a magic for you. Yeah, right? okay, okay, I'm not arguing his talent. Like, please don't misconstrue this as me saying I think he's terrible. Again, he's not. I, I said he's the most NBA-ready player in the draft, and I had some high words for him when we did the mock draft. But again, this is something that I never thought that I would find myself in a situation where I'm saying let the players gain exposure and NBA exposure by playing and me getting backlash for it. Like, in my opinion, it's like, what does this league become, and what does the fans and everything become? Where I'm saying let the players play. And it's ridiculous for them to sit you know, in summer Also, don't. 
get the experience of being in a game unless you play in a game. And yes, I understand he's going to play in the regular season. I understand that more than likely he's going to be a highlight player for that team. We don't know because he hasn't played the game yet against these high-level guys, but more than likely, I would tend to agree with you when I think that he's going to be one of the better players on the team, and him and Suggs could really be a good duo. But at the same time, well, you have to understand that the Orlando Magic are basically saying, we are a franchise who believes that we can see our rookie play three or four, less than five games, and he plays well. Yes, he plays well. Good for him. I can name you so many players who are no longer in the league because of incompetence who had three good straight games. Yeah, sure. But here's the thing. Do starters play in the summer league? No. Is he about to be a starter? We'll see. But more than likely, but more than, more than likely, but the answer to that question the way you know it is, is he going to start? More than likely, you're more than, more than likely, he's going to start. It's not that simple. It is. It's not simple. He's working. Yeah, but starters don't play in the summer league. It's just how it is. Okay, rookies play in the summer league. Sure, rookies play in the summer league, but he's going to start at this point. Yes, he's going to start. He has to be the starting level three. So 
So he, again, he will learn nothing if he plays more. He, he, is, he has reached the level. We have seen enough with this such small sample size that we already can look into the future and know that he is not going to make mistakes. He is not going to learn anything from playing any more games. And again, the reasoning was not for load management. The reasoning was to evaluate other players. Really and truly, yes. look at the Orlando Magic roster. Okay. And maybe one guy will guys from Summer League make the roster. You know Paul is going to make the roster. You know he's going to start. Get other players get in there and get a shot to be the team. Okay. Because you know he's going to So somebody here, including you, will name me one guy really and truly who we believe that is going to get on the edge of that bench in Orlando and truly make an impact on the team. Or, like I said, just become a part of that rotation. I'm not the scout of your Orlando manager. So I hope that he knows to make the roster because there are people who are looking at these guys every day. It's very possible that like even two or three of those guys can make the roster. Okay, so in, in theory, you don't play Paulo, so somebody who sits at the very edge of the bench can get into that game. Yes, so you're right. So realistically, yes, of, of course, but realistically, the guy, I say Paulo, and then the second best player, and then the third best player. Those second and third best players are probably going to be the guys who end up on the end of the bench. Sure. Would you say that? Sure. So who really and truly are you going to take off that bench who you haven't already seen? Because you've already seen the guys that you're supposedly going to be taking on. Who is it that really and truly you believe is going to make that impact where you can evaluate them? Paulo is not above evalu- evaluation. He has had three games where he's been evaluated, and yes, he's been good. He's been very good. I'm not going to take it away from him, and I'm not going to say he's bad. He really and truly could be a great player in this league. I'm not saying he can't, but you're telling me that you have, we have evaluated him enough to the point where we believe we do not need to see anything more, and he is above playing his next few games. He's not. He's not, Will. Okay, but here's a, just because you can say, all right, one of these guys, you know, maybe they're not going to make the team. I mean, this is the NBA. You get the best players in the world, no matter what, to make your team. You know Paulo can play. You've seen it. Whether or not he's going to get better from playing the summer league, sure. Would he get a little bit better? Fine. I, I don't think it's, you know, that much of a margin where it would prepare him for the regular season. But at this point, okay, you, you wet, you know, the feet a little bit. You dip the toes in. Paulo can play basketball. Good. Good to know, right? But at this point now, you have other players who, you know, like this said, they're not doing a load management injury. It's to evaluate, evaluate more talent on the roster. So, you know, Paulo taking over the games. He's scored 20 points and, you know, a couple of them. He's played very, very well. He's been the number one scorer, I think, in every single game he's played in. So at this point, you want to evaluate other talent for the roster, whether or not that helps the team win a championship or not. It's the way the NBA works. You get the best players in the world on the roster. So at this point, yes, if you want to evaluate more talent because you know that Paulo is going to start for you, you know, and you want to fill out the rest of your bench with quality players, that's the way to do it through the summer league. I mean, you know, we can talk about, oh, how unrealistic is it for someone to be in the, you know, a G League or in the summer league and go make it. you got Chris Middleton. And as funny as it is, Alex Caruso, I mean, he was a G League summer league. Yeah, and again, and not, he made the roster. I'm not arguing that. But again, like, the thing is, under Paulo, those second and third and maybe fourth best players are all going to be guys that round out the end, end of the bench. Yeah. Like, these aren't, these aren't going to be your guys who, in my opinion, will make some uh, really true, at day one at least, a rotational impact, besides Paco, of course. So, they have so many jobs, you know? I understand, but, like, they're going to be in the G League. Yeah, 
immediately on that G League team that will be evaluated and be brought up to that level of the second and third guy who's going to round up that bench. Because if you if they were at that level already, then they'd be the second and third best player, and they would be already in that starting rotation. Am I right? Well, sure, but I think if you're the Magic, you just want to evaluate more options that you have on somebody. Because you could be in between a guy and go, oh, you know, you know, we've seen good things here. We've seen things. Say it's another three, and you're between, okay, do we get a guard, or do we want to put another three on the roster? And, you know, the three has only played bench minutes because, you know, Paul has been playing. And then it's okay, you know, you know we've seen good stuff here and good stuff that. Paul is now out. He's the starter, and now you have more of a clear picture of, okay, who's going to make the roster? Is going to make a day one impact? No, but I think that's more important than playing Paul in the summer league because he's probably going to play like 70 games in the regular season. Yeah, I, don't, I really don't care. That's the thing. I don't, I don't care. Like, he's played less than a handful of games on Trump. I'm starting to repeat myself. Yeah. You know, but again, it's, it's, it's a classic call to you, Nick. Yeah. When did he go to a <laughs> So it's a classic thing. Uh, I prefer the preferable thing where men used to be men and actually play when they're contractually obligated to. And Will's like, eh, three games, that's enough. He's going to be great. Yeah, you don't want him to get hurt. It, he, he, you shouldn't think like that. Okay, you cannot think it's a reality. Of course it's a reality that yeah. people get hurt. But again, it, you have sure. to make sure you have to You can say, yeah, like, men, men be men and, you know, go, go play in these pointless summer league games that are pointless. They're not pointless. They're not pointless. They're, they're not pointless. They're pointless. They're not pointless. He's going to be pointless. He's going to be pointless. That's what makes me angry. What? They're not pointless. James down there. Yeah. Yes, it's pointless. Paul Bancaro is a man who has not stepped on the floor in a regular season NBA game. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Well, you should. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I don't care. I don't the care. It's like, stop saying it. Play every single game that you can. And, and not to mention, does this not throw him off his rhythm a little bit? Okay, yeah. No, because he's still playing. He's still practicing. He's still shooting around. Okay, but it's he's game experience. In game experience. Well, So Aaron Neesmith is still practicing at the Celtics, so he should just be able to come off the bench and be the sharp shooter he was he should be training. That's what he should do. See, he's deflecting it. He should be training. No, but in that case, let everyone, Steph Curry should play in the summer league event. Fresh NBA experience. Stay on the state playoff. We know what Steph Curry can do. Play the games. Okay. Play the games. Follow. It's inexcusable. Get, get ready for get ready for the 
hear me and see, I want you to see, I'm the parent that's trying to prepare you for the world. He's the parent that's trying to hide you from the world. <laughs> so, get ready. I'm not saying, don't get ready. Get ready for the NBA season. He'll start 70 games. We're not going to, we're not going to agree on this, but we're not going to agree on this, but we're This is one of the concerts where, like, it happens, and, like, realistically, it's not that big news, but me and Kanzi will just know, like, no, like, you're wrong. Just like that's why I said 
this year is I think Matt, you can't look this is me trying to be is me trying to be un uh, like as unbiased as possible. I mean he had a good rookie season. He he didn't win offensive rookie of the year, right? Jamar was Josh Jamar, okay. And of course for a minute it was people were talking about it. Um Matt I mean, I'm serious. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm serious. Alright. Anyway, we and got Creed Humphrey too. Creed Humphrey the center for the Chiefs. He should have won. It's not about him. You can probably put uh um, he was great tool in that one too. He had a great rookie. Well Creed Humphrey was great in the number one center in the football last year. Yeah. So as a rookie. That's true. So, so Jamar Chase had the best rookie receiving yard ever and had his team to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I guess what? He wouldn't be catching balls if the offensive line didn't hold up for him. So, No, so Mac looks, I mean, he's, like the post said, he's looking, like, fit. He is looking super lean. He's looking athletic. He's not that ball with the cigar. He's not that with the cigar. Mac is looking really, really good. And, I mean, with the, the way that he works, I mean, I feel like he has a very, very good year. I still don't think the Patriots are going to be very good this year. I, I, you know, unfortunately, I would love for them to prove me wrong. But from what it looks like right now, I think we'll be a decent team with a good quarterback. I feel like we're going to look a lot like uh, the Sean Watson in, like, 2019, was it, when he was still playing where he led the league in uh, passing yards. Maybe. It could be, I feel like it could be something like that. Well, we'll see. isn't really there. The team isn't that good. Maybe they get Devontae Parker. Yeah. yeah. He is good. Yeah. yeah. Not 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 the second by the way, this was another one that I agreed with a ton. Uh, it was Cam Tate, so shout out to Cam Tate. Not a second-year guy, but I think Kendrick Bourne is going to have another great season. I agree. I think he should have a very, very good year. Yeah. Uh, and then Davis Mills, another one that I wanted to talk about. I think that Davis is going to play well. I, yeah, I do just do a little shimmy because it's not a first-round quarterback. But, I like Davis Mills too. And Tom Davis exposed me too. I was trying to, I was trying to kind of just hide the fact that I really like him and Nico Collins. Spoiler, you know, for for fantasy, just trying to hide the fact that I like him. That way, no one would be just that jerk who's like, ah, I'm taking him from Gino, so we just, you know, but Collins exposed me to the world. And yeah. Apparently, I put one too many hits up there. <laughs> and uh, and I mentioned to Gino, Justin Jefferson should just break out too. But I mean. Stanford, he was taking a knee into the second round, I believe. 
by the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. He's somebody who was hurt in 2019, um, opted out of the 2020 season because of COVID, and still got drafted day two. So to me, I mean, that is a lot of upside for somebody, and he's projected to be a backup in Jacksonville, but I do think he makes his way up to be a starter. Um, Paulson Adebo, uh, safety out, I forget, out of Tennessee, I believe, uh, for the New Orleans Saints. I think he's a big physical thumper, and I think by being mentored by Tyron Matthew now that he's there, and having, I'm sorry, I forget his name. They, they got another good guy, too. Alante Taylor, Alante Taylor, another good safety. I think that secondary, even though they lost Marcus Williams, could be scary in New Orleans. Um, Javon Holland, the safety out of Oregon, the second-year safety out of Oregon. I think that he had a tremendous rookie season. A lot of people have their eyes on him now and have some expectations, but I don't think he's going to crack under the pressure. I think he's going to be really good. Anthony Schwartz, another rookie receiver, of, uh, or another rookie receiver, another second-year receiver for Cleveland, and I think that he's a really good slot guy and can complement that offense really well. And they have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, who I really like, and then Anthony Schwartz can find his way maybe into that one to Hunter Renfro. Well, I do think he can be really good. But Kai Becton, the big, the big tackle out of Louisville. I mean, he's had New York. Yeah, in New York, he's had some injury issues, but when he's been on the field, he's been really good. And I think this is a year he kind of puts it all together and becomes that full. Who, who was guy. the coach where he was mic'd up? Seconds go on forever. He's a big boy. So that, that's kind of the problem. He's he's big, so he will probably sustain a piece of other injuries in his career. But I do think this year he's going to break out big time. And then you'll like this one, Elijah Vera Tucker. I, I really I like yes. him. So the big criticism with Elijah Vera Tucker was he really just wasn't strong enough. He was, yeah, fun, yeah, well, he was, he was fundamentally sound, yes. and he really did have his moments where he stood his ground, but he just needed to hit the weight room a little bit more. And once he does, he's gold. And I think it'll be a really good foundation piece to this team. And there was a, there was an analysis piece on Elijah Barry Tucker where he was like one of the best run blockers in the league because he's a fast kid and he can get out and you know, he's, he's strong, but it's hard for him to hold his own against, like, the 350 pounds he tackled. But when he gets out to the second level and takes on a linebacker, he was phenomenal. The one part where he got exposed was pass blocking. He got beat a couple of times. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's those rookie projects. Oh, yeah. You know, like, those are things that happen to the I love that pick, though. That is a, that is a great pick. Because if he becomes a good run, or a good pass blocker, <laughs> he's got to do it this one. <laughs> If he becomes a good pass blocker, I mean, he could be like a pro bowl type dude. I, mean, I, I think he, I think he will be. He's I think he will be. And, and, you know, he's working, so he's not going to be a second or third year breakout guy. But Ed Ingram, guard out of LSU, I've been telling you, I've been sending you highlights. I'm like, dude, watch out for this guy. I mean, both things the Vikings lost the draft. So, but I don't understand how when you got guys like Awesome Boy, when you got guys like Ed Ingram. And guys like Lewis see that he's trading back, man. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'll be wrong. I mean, if Ed Reed somehow just becomes amazing, I'm sure. He channels his inner Ed Reed. I mean, who cares? You know, you, you have to put, think of all the compensation that you get for going back. You know, think of all the compensation and think of all the guys that you get, and you still get a player that you want. Ed Reed. He does not need to be on Ed Reed. He's like number 32. Nope. He's not Ed Reed. Unsuccessful career. Isn't it Ed Ingram? Ed Ingram. The only thing I heard was Henry. Henry. <laughs> you need to keep an eye on Ed Ingram. He's going to be a pro bowler in his rookie year at the NFL. That's true. Is Fred going to me? Sure. You don't agree with me. No. Do you have to do that? 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 Do you have
participate in any of these polls that we pull up on the show. Make sure to follow us again on Instagram at Conti and Nick. Gina posts polls there all the time. We also post the updates on when the episodes come out. And uh, overall, you should just go follow there. That's where we, you know, post a lot of our stuff. And, uh, you know, Gina, if there's one guy who's going to break out no matter what, I mean, I think we can all agree that it is our good friend, Jim Brown.